So the practice of bringing peace into our minds is extremely important because the mind that is uh, that has a firm foundation and is strong that will eventually develop into wisdom. And then when we have developed wisdom that will allow us to keep our precepts and keep morality better. So this morality, sila, it's the stability of our body and of our mind. And it's, it's an important thing that we need to do. And so we normally take the precepts from the monks and the monks are there as our witness uh, in taking up the precepts, whether it's the five precepts, the eight precepts or the 10 precepts. So that's one method of doing it. When we already know well about sila and we're able to, to, to keep the precepts well, then we can uh, determine them by ourselves. So we can determine to keep the five precepts, the eight precepts, the 10 precepts, and we can do that by ourselves. Mostly for lay people, uh, they take up the practice of keeping the five precepts on normal days and the eight precepts on the lunar observance days. So the sila, morality virtue, is something that we should take good care of because it's a noble wealth. In order to take good care of our virtue, then it's very useful to have a heart that's well established in kindness and in compassion, metta, karuna, and to have that as the foundation for our hearts. To have that there, those qualities of kindness and compassion, taking good care of our hearts. So in this world nowadays, we can uh, see that the, the COVID virus has spread uh, very quickly and spread very far. And now it's covering almost over the entire world. And people of all ages and all generations, they're passing away. There are some small children who have died and there are some teenagers, you know, some adults, uh, and many old people have died from this. So we've probably all heard the teachings, uh, Dharma talk of uh, Venerable Ajahn Chah uh, describing exactly this, that some people die while they're still in the womb. Some die as little babies, some as toddlers, some as children, some as adults, and some when they're very old. And so people die at all stages of life. And there are many people who die in various accidents, not knowing that it would uh, occur. And so also in uh, this day and age, well, the period that we're currently going through, there are many people who are dying from this epidemic. So there's a question that arises, well, why is it that people are different? 
Why is it that some people die when they're young? Why do some people die when they're old? And it's not the case that all the people who contract this virus die from it. There are many who have got better, but there are also uh, the, the people who have passed away aren't few either. So we can see that or understand that this is due to the karma of people and that their karma is different. It's the karma both from people's past and also the karma in the present moment. So the karma in the past is the various actions that they've done in the past that have uh, that produce results here. But there's also this present moment karma of uh, the doctors who are taking care of them and maybe they've got uh, good medicine to, to um, help relieve the, the illness as well. And we can see that there are some people who still contract this virus even though they're extremely careful. They just stay in their house and they order their food from outside. They don't leave the house, but they still get the virus from that food that they've ordered in. So this is all a matter of people's karma. We can see that um, this virus is spreading most quickly in countries that are developed, in countries that uh, transportation is very fast and there's a lot of tourism, and countries where uh, things are very kind of closed in and packed together. And so many people get together in a, in a confined space and it's much easier for the virus to spread in that environment um, because it spreads through the air and through physical contact. And so if people get together in a small confined space, then it's easier for, to contract this virus. So we should try and, uh, you know, take good care as well, you know, not be heedless and try to, to follow the rules that the government's putting out and um, our chances of getting this virus then will lessen. So we can see that you know, when people gather together um, in a way that they're not supposed to, you know, say going to sports stadiums or in Thailand, people like to, to gather together and watch Thai boxing. You know, that um, in these situations, it's very easy for the virus to spread. But if we do take good care to try and keep the regulations uh, that have been put out, then uh, the chances of getting it is lessened. And so the countries where people are abiding by these rules, uh, in general, um, the cases are fewer. It's the nature of uh, Thai people that they generally like things to be very relaxed and very easy and uh, aren't so keen to follow rules. But now this, uh, this kind of attitude has had to change and people are becoming more uh, obedient and more willing to follow rules that the government's put out. And this is likely because most people are scared you know, they're scared that if they don't follow the rules, then they'll contract this virus. And so the government also needs to be a very good government as well and uh, very sincere in their efforts to uh, stop the virus from spreading. 
And if that's the case, then uh, it's likely that there'll be fewer people contracting it. But there are also some people who they've got a very strong body and their immune system uh, is a very good immune system, very effective. And so even though they get this virus, they don't need to take any medicines. They don't need to try and treat it in any way because their body is naturally coped to treat with it by itself. So we can see that the health of people's bodies is different as well. And there was an instance of this in the time of the Buddha. There was one monk who never knew what feelings of pain were like or what illness was like. And he lived to the age of 160. He was a lay person for 80 years and then he ordained as a monk and lived as a monk for 80 years. But through that entire time, he didn't know what pain felt like because he had made a lot of merit in the past. He had at one time offered medicine to a Pajeka Buddha, a silent Buddha, and through the goodness of that action, uh, he was then able to have this exceptionally good health. So our karma, our actions are very important. Something that we should pay special attention to is uh, Adina Dana, the precept of not taking what isn't ours. So we don't, uh, we're not a burden on other people and we're not harassing other people, we're not a cause of suffering to them. And we're also not a cause of suffering to ourselves as well. So we don't take other people's possessions to be our own possessions. If we do do that, then the result of that karma is that our own possessions will get taken and get lost. And the things that we, that we manage to gain, we won't be able to keep them for very long. So our keeping of virtue is something that is really important and something that we should pay special attention into taking care of and into keeping well. So even if those people who are very wealthy and those who aren't wealthy, it's necessary for everyone to, to keep sila, to keep morality. And some people these days have a lot of wealth, but, but they're not so attached to that wealth and they're very happy to give it away. So there are some people who have given huge amounts of money to clinics, you know, hundreds of thousands of baht, given that away. And there was uh, a doctor who is, who's opened up a clinic and he treats people for just one baht, no matter who it is, no matter what illness they have, he's happy to treat them for just one baht. And even if it's foreigners who come, he doesn't raise the price. It's just one baht for the foreigners too. And so he's able to do this because he feels that the happiness he gains from doing that is worth more than the money. He feels that he has enough already. And it's quite difficult to find in this world someone who, who feels that way, feels that they have enough. But the, the wealth that we gain from that, from feeling like we have enough externally, is a wealth that, that is there in our hearts. And it's a wealth that we gain that doesn't, we don't have to take anything from anyone else. We don't have to be a burden on anyone else. 
and we're also not a burden on ourselves either. So when we are generous like this and we're very self-sacrificing, then it's easy for the mind to develop. And eventually you'll develop to the point of being able to experience the inner Buddha and to see the Dhamma. So once we've understood that this life is unsure, that it's very unstable, and that death is something that is sure, that is certain, that the things of this world we can't really trust or depend upon, then what naturally arises is a desire for the Dhamma. And as we practice that Dhamma, then eventually we experience emptiness. And we see that the wealth externally, it's not worth very much. It has very little value to us. But it's the internal wealth that really has great importance. Because that inner wealth is what will lead us to, to see into the nature of conventional reality and in turn experience liberation. And then when we experience liberation, that's a great source of inner wealth for us. So we see that the things that we gain, the external wealth that we have, uh, it's not really ours. But the, the wealth that we gain in our hearts, the inner wealth, it's something that can be of great benefit to us and give us great joy and a sense of fullness in our hearts. So for many of us, um, we start off with the practice of generosity and make that a practice that is normal for us. So we do it as just as a part of our habit. And then from that, we take the, the precepts and we make those precepts look after our body and, uh, and our speech. We keep our body and speech within the bounds of those. And this is all based on uh, kindness and compassion. You know, the, the keeping of these precepts is an act of kindness and a compassionate thing to do. When we do that, then the mind will easily gather together into samadhi. And we can, we can develop our minds to that level. And one way of doing that is to chant over the, the, the goodness of the Buddha, you know, the Buddha's great qualities, and the chanti tipiso, and do that 108 times. And we try and do that at least one time per day. But if we have enough time and enough energy, then we can do it twice a day. And do it until the mind gathers into a state of peace. And we have a real, a deep, um, a deep feeling of these great qualities of the Buddha within our heart. So when we have strong faith, then we can do these things without much difficulty. We can chant for a long time and not get bored. We can do sitting meditation, we can walk in meditation, and we won't feel fed up with it. So this depends on the faith that we have. But all of us should feel very proud 
that in this life we have met with the Buddhasasana, this Buddhist religion. So we should take this good opportunity that we have and make the best use of it that we can. Try and build as much goodness in this life as we can. Because we see that life is something that is unsure. But we are alive now, and so we have this opportunity now. And so if we have the fortune to live further, then we'll live in the Dhamma. And when we die, then we die in the Dhamma. <laughs>